Welcome, sports fans. You have entered the man cave of the one and only Fan Man, broadcasting from his lazy boy recliner somewhere in the Vale of Paradise known as Valparaiso, Indiana. Hey, sports fans, welcome to the Fan Man Podcast. You can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. And once again, we're talking about Bears football. We have podcasts for each Bears game this season, and we're going to go through all 17 games with my man, Chad Lincoln. Chad, never tell a lie, Lincoln. I forgot to mention that last week, but Chad, how you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I mean, it's an interesting game that we're going to be talking about here, but a lot of good things to go with. A lot of good things to go with? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, let's face it. We all know what uh, we all know what's been going on lately between the Bears and, and the Packers, right? So it's kind of – it ended up being the same old, same old, didn't it? Pretty much. I mean, in what's essentially the 100th anniversary of the Bear-Packer rivalry, yeah. it was more fame, and it was just a matter of how things were going to play out. Right. So the Bears fall to the Packers at Soldier Field 24-14, to right? So, you know, if you give up 24 points to Aaron Rodgers, you know, you, you, you can win that game, right? The way that things were playing out, I thought maybe it was going to be a game that goes to overtime or even the Bears pull it out. Right. But... Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers always has something in his back pocket. Yeah, he does, and he gave it to the fans, too, this time, didn't he? Oh, he bent him over. <laughs> he did the, uh, what is that, the discount double check in the end zone? Sure did. And then he said, I own you? Mm-hmm. And then he followed it up with an, I still own you, almost like the triple dog dare of, got ya. Right, not real becoming of a host of Jeopardy, right? That's something I'd be like, I want this particular topic for $2,000, Aaron. Right. No. But. Right. Yeah. Well, he was emotional because, you know, he, probably nothing better he likes doing is beating the Bears. But, you know, here's the problem. He's better at beating the Bears. You know, as great as he is, he wants to win another Super Bowl, right? So I think he'd trade all those Bears wins for a Super Bowl win. Oh, he definitely would trade those and any wins over the Vikings or the Lions or right. any of the other top teams at that particular year. Right. Well, they may have beaten the uh, Bears Sunday, the Packers, but I think they're a little a little shy right now to put them in the Super Bowl category, although they are in first place and, and playing pretty decent now in the NFC, uh, uh, NFC uh, North. That they are, and as a lot of people have said, this is basically the Packers division to lose. Right. As it is in most seasons, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, they've still got so many pieces together from the previous years, and they've they've gotten to the point where they've gelled together well. And the other teams are still missing pieces, or they're like a couple players away from being there, but they could overtake him. But it's just not something that uh, I see any other teams taking them over unless something happens where Rodgers gets hurt or some other key player right. offense defense goes down for a long time. And, Right, that's right. So, unable to play the same complimentary football that few of last weekend's went over the Raiders. The Bears lost to uh, the Packers 24-14. to 
Sunday at Soldier Field. A stingy Bears defense allowed only 10 points in the first half, but the offense sputtered um, in the game, you know, following an opening drive touchdown, which was nice. Things looked really good after, you know, when they had that first touchdown. And, uh, and when the offense, you know, finally awakened in the second half to cut the deficit to 17 to 14, with a second touchdown, the defense then immediately permitted a touchdown that gave the Packers a, a two-score cushion. So what do you think, Chad, that, that touchdown, you know, when they were losing 17-14 to 14, and that last touchdown where Rodgers ran it in there, do you think the, the Bears were just in that position that we've seen them already during the season getting a little gassed? There was a little bit of that, but I think it was more just waiting to see what uh, Bill Lazor was going to pull out of the pocket and say, let's run this and see what they do to us. And it might've been a little too late in terms of when he tried to do it compared to when he should have just kind of kept running the ball and working with uh, Khalil uh, Herbert as yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Herbert, right? Mm-hmm. The other Herbert in football. Exactly. The, the guy that wasn't even really supposed to be seeing much of the field outside of maybe special teams as a kick returner is now our number one running back right now. Right. They really should send him to uh, LA to the LA Chargers, though, huh? I don't know if they really want that. Herbert squared. I don't know that that would work so well there, considering San Di- or, uh, Los Angeles. There you go, almost seeing San Diego again. I baited you. Team. Yeah, I, so. I, I baited you into that almost, huh? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, anyway, Sunday's loss dropped the Bears to 3-3. Three and three. And snapped their two-game winning streak, and you know when I see three and three, I'm thinking three and four because they got to play the Super Bowl champs next week. But you know they didn't lose yet, so we'll see. The Bears now lost five straight to the Packers, and 20 of 23 since 2010, which is kind of amazing. You almost have to try to do that, don't you think? Especially when you consider who some of the head coaches the Bears have had in that time have been, and what they were brought in to do and didn't do. I'm really not surprised that we've lost that many. Yeah. Well, I guess it gives some credence to uh, Rogers' statement uh, in the end zone after that, you know, when he, when he scored that touchdown. I don't know. Longtime Bears uh, you know, nemesis, of course, Aaron Rodgers completed 17 of 23 passes for 195 yards. I mean, the Bears held him under 200 yards, which is, which is great. But then he had the two touchdowns. And he also rushed for that six-yard touchdown uh, run that iced him. And uh, great ball fake there by Rodgers, huh? With the pass, fake the pass. Yeah, he definitely had a great great take on that one. It, it really threw everybody off a little bit here and there. But um, to hold him behind what he normally would do in a regular game is amazing to see happen, especially with a Bears defense that you never know who's going to be stepping up when they need it. But it's like the same guys that have been stepping up in each of the first five games stepped up completely this game and really brought it to him. I mean, he was sacked, what, three times? Right. By the main three guys on the defense. And yeah. not one of them did he really expect to have happen. They just kind of did. So it's like, where was the lapse in the uh, in the line that allowed the Bears to get three sacks on, on Rodgers? Right, and I think those sacks were really like when he was right in the middle of the pocket, right? Yeah, they were all in the pocket. Yeah, he was unable to he was unable to get outside where he where yeah, sometimes he's dangerous. Yeah, obviously, he's dangerous. Get outside. Yeah, he he can be dangerous when he gets out there, huh? 
Yeah. And, I mean, it was nice to see he couldn't get out of the pocket on those, but it's like if he had a little more time, he probably would have been out of the pocket and may have actually run the ball for a first down on his own and been able to get it plus about five or ten y- more yards. Right. So Aaron Rodgers now has won 20, again, 20 of his last 22 starts against the Bears, not counting 2013 when he had um, that first possession, he broke his collarbone. But in his last 14 games against the Bears, he has thrown for 36 touchdowns and two interceptions. And that that is something. I mean, most, I mean, you you see quarterbacks now throwing two interceptions in one game, no less he had 14 where, where he threw two interceptions. Making his fourth straight start, Bears rookie quarterback Justin Fields completed 16 of 27 passes for 174 yards with a touchdown, an interception, and a 75.2 passer rating. Fields also rushed for 43 yards on six carries. And, um, you know, I don't know what to say. You know, he had that, he had that nice drive in the first um, in the first quarter, but, boy, you know, not fantastic stuff in between that for sure. Yeah, after that first possession where he led, led us to the touchdown, yeah, it looked like he was a rookie that was a deer in headlights. A yeah. lot of things that he just – most rookies would make those mistakes game to game. And it's like we hadn't seen this from him in two, three weeks, and all of a sudden it just comes out all at once. So it was nice to see him actually have a game where it's like he's a rookie, just getting his experience – let him do what he's going to do. The thing we might have been a little shocked by was the two long interception potentials that he had that were both near the end zone, especially the one that was the interception, and then just how that was supposed to be a dead play, so the Bears thought on a, an encroachment penalty that wasn't called. So here's Fields just heaving the ball out there, practically Hail Mary-like, and all of a sudden it's it's brought out for a touch or for an interception. And then he's got another one later on, almost the same kind of situation that Adrian Amos almost intercepted, but because he didn't have control of it before his foot went down, it was considered incomplete, no catch, whatever you want to call it. But it's like we saw him making rookie mistakes yesterday. Right. And to be honest with you, it's like, yeah, you could be upset by the fact he made these rookie mistakes, but it's like, you know what? We're seeing the fact and reminding ourselves he is just a rookie. He's still got a lot of learning to do, but this was the game where he could do some of that and get to where he wanted to be or he was going to be. So it's great to see him have this lapse in how he plays because of the fact that it's like we have to remember he's a rookie. He's not going to be doing all these massively amazing things like beating Aaron Rodgers the first time out with a lot of question marks about what the offense is going to do or what the play call is going to be. Yeah, um... So what do you think about, you know, the idea? And this is the thing that, you know, worries me a little bit or or I'm looking at with Justin Fields. And I think some of the Bears fans and maybe the coaches are a little surprised. I mean, the one thing I see that's going on with him is he's getting caught. He's getting tackled. He's getting caught by defensive ends when he's running out of the pocket. And I thought he had the speed and the agility and the escapability, whatever adjective you want to put on there, to get away from these guys. But these guys are running him down behind the line of scrimmage. And that's the one thing I'm seeing that I'm kind of shocked about. I would agree, but I think a lot of that's also just the fact that it's like, holy crap, these guys are a little faster than what I'm used to. Yeah. 
You know, like so, he, he was going against a lot of defensive ends in college that were from Illinois, right? Northwestern, Rutgers. Um, you might get Penn State. You might get Iowa. You most definitely get in Indiana or Michigan State, maybe Michigan. So it's like he's going against a lot of slower, supposedly good defensive ends. Then he gets to the NFL and he gets these defensive ends that are actually in shape. They're not built just to be defensive end, but they're built to be multiple position type of players at the professional level because you have to have some of those guys playing more than one position in case there's something where you need to change up what you do on defense. Right, but that's a problem, isn't it? It is when you're not used to it because the teams that you play in college don't do that. Right. It's like if you're defensive end, you are a defensive end because that's what we expect you to be in the NFL. Yeah. Well, but, if this guy's really not going to the NFL, it's like, what are you limiting him in terms of what he can do by just saying, well, if you're playing defensive end, that's all you're doing. Have him learn some linebacker type stuff or have him learn some defensive tackle positioning. Don't just have him be a defensive end. Because otherwise, you get these situations where some of these guys that are probably playing the wrong position in college are the ones that should have been going after Justin Fields when he was in college and holding him back to being maybe a fourth or fifth rounder instead of the first round pick that he was. Yeah. Well, how, how does he get around this? How do you get around? How do you get around this? Is he going to develop instincts to to know like? He's going to have to get a jump on these guys. or I mean, sometimes if you you can't teach speed, either you're quick, fast enough or you're not, right? There's some of that, but it's also a possibility of when he's watching some of the game film going, all right, maybe with a stopwatch, from the time I get the ball, especially if I'm in shotgun, how many seconds do I need? should I be taking before I make that move? Just timing it each time to see, like, when in his head he should have made the move. And if it when his thumb hits the clock at the time that it's supposed to, if he's still holding onto the ball, okay, now I know that I need to up it a little bit or, you know, do I need to move somewhere? What, what should I really be doing in this situation? So it might be a lot of watching game tape in that sense of doing it with the, the, uh, the top, the stopwatch in his hand or having a stopwatch and like maybe hitting a button or something that can record it for him. Just something that kind of lets the coaches know, okay, this is where his thought process is. That's what he should have been doing instead of just letting it letting it be more reactionary. Yeah, well, the, the reaction... That's kind of now is more reactionary instead of tactical or knowing when to actually do things. It's like, oh, crap, I got to do it now. Too late. Down. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the tough part about the NFL. And, and some guys get that and others don't, right? So we're we're not completely sure where he lands on that yet. Yeah, and I think we'll find that out more as the season goes along because he's going to start seeing some more teams that are going to be playoff quality and more teams that are going to be giving him a run for the, am I really an NFL quarterback? Or was they just brought in because of the fact that I led Ohio State to the college football playoff? Yeah. Wait, so, are you concerned about the production in terms of yardage weekend and week to week here? I mean, do you get a sense that this guy is going to, a guy that can, can throw for 300 yards in a football game? I don't know about that one right now because they haven't really let him be unleashed on that sense because of the fact that it was only three weeks ago that he started working consistently with Bill Lazor as to what the play call was going to be or what kind of playbook they were going to work with. And yeah. you're starting to come up against some teams that trying to get 300 yards against is going to be difficult unless you can outrun their defensive ends or outthink them 
to the point that you can get that 300 yards, which I don't know that he's going to do that this season. And am I upset about that? No, because this is the year where we're kind of in between. He was not supposed to be the starting quarterback. He got thrown into it because the starter got hurt. Now we're seeing what he can do, but it's also a case of we're just running with it to see what we can do, what he's going to be capable of, what we're looking at for the future. We're not worried about him being the star quarterback this year. It's more seeing what he's got to give us in the future. Yeah. So I think the jury's going to be out all season as to what he's really at, but I think right now he's at a good spot where we can really see that he's got the up and up. It's just not going to be this year that he does the things that a lot of Bear fans would expect him to do because of how high he was drafted. Yeah, and, and I'm struggling with that a little bit here because you know I look at this Bears team. I mean, they're running the football. They're playing defense. they got a good kicker. Special teams don't look that bad, and I'm thinking, and I know you they're playing fields, and this is, a, this is like on-the-job training, whatever you want to call it. He's learning. But I'm wondering, you know, we could talk about Andy Dalton. We could talk about Nick Foles. You know, are they the greatest quarterbacks in the world? No, but maybe if you have those guys in there, you know, they're 3-3 three and three now, and I don't know. They might be giving up a playoff spot, potentially. I, I don't think so. I think I, I had them at 6-11 for the season. But, what, but now I'm starting to look at the defense, you know, a little bit better than I thought. The running game, a little bit better than I thought. And maybe this team can win. You know, and maybe maybe you don't you don't give them this whole season to experiment. I mean, I don't know. At some point, is it fair to the rest of the team, you know? Well, the other thought, too, though, is if the Bears were to, say, finish 9-7 and seven and squeak into the playoffs, do you call that... Just experimenting with a bunch of things, or is it saying we're taking advantage of the fact that a lot of our opponents they're struggling with things right now? Because we're going to see coming up some of the teams that we have playing, the quarterbacks are getting dinged up, star receivers are getting dinged up, running backs are getting dinged up. All these players that some of these teams are counting on are getting dinged up, and they're out, they're out, they're on the injured reserve, or they're going to be out seven days because of concussion protocols, or they're going to be out for other things. So it's possible that now we're seeing the opportunities to take advantage of that and work with what we have to be able to put things together. Yeah. Even with our injuries, I mean, we're down three running backs right now. Right. We still have Tariq Cohen back, who's supposed to be our number one. Montgomery's still out like two to three weeks. We don't know when Damian Williams is coming back for sure off the of COVID protocol. You know, because he's going to probably need a little time to get back into shape after being off for a couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. then with Khalil Herbert, and then if he gets hurt, what do we have after that? And then if any of our other top defensive players, we we had Akeem Hicks out for a week because of a groin injury. He comes back yesterday, gets one of the three sacks, but also kind of came up lame towards the end of the game. So it's like, is that groin ready for him to be playing full-time yet? Or does he need a little more time? And then if a situation comes up where in some of these top games that are coming up for Justin Fields, he has a complete mental breakdown and things go crazy. Are we going to have to turn to Andy Dalton and Nick Foltz? So there's still a lot of question yeah, marks. There is. This, and in seven, we shouldn't be complaining. We should be going, this is a team that we can we can follow for the years to come that will be something. It's just a matter of what's Justin Fields going to have to throw to? Who's he going to be handing the ball off to? Who's going to be playing? We're going to have all those question marks, but we'll have the opportunity to say, Justin Fields looks like he is ready and he's been mentored the right way. 
Yeah, well, I, listening to sports talk radio and and, listen, and and reading the Twitter stuff, it looks like they they want Nagy's head. They've been wanting Nagy's head since the day he was hired. <laughs> it seems like it's getting worse, though, Chad, isn't it? They they did the same thing about Mark Tressman, so it's yeah. It's, well, Mark Tressman, yeah, that was just a bad hire. Yeah, so was John Fox. So was Lovey Smith after a few years. So was... But the crazy thing, I always say this about Lovey Smith, they fired him, and his last season, he was 10-6. and six. Yeah, I mean, he, he won football games. It was just after he got to the point where he was consistently winning the division. It's like, you got to get past the second round. You need to get into the Super Bowl regularly. You need to win one. You can't just yeah, be relying well, on get to ten and six and win the NFC North with a bunch of nobodies. You have to actually go to the playoffs and do something. They got to beat the Packers, right? I mean, that's the number one problem. That wasn't a Lovey Smith problem most of the time. There were no, I mean teams. now, like the last well, yeah, few years. That would here. be the biggest thing. But even so, it's like he needed to take it beyond just worrying about what he did in the regular season and carry that into the the postseason. And get to the Super Bowl a couple times and win at least one of them. Yeah, well, he got them there the one year. They should have. I actually they had a chance to win that one against the Colts. Yeah, they but definitely did it. Sexy Rexy Grossman, though, you know, didn't help matters. Yeah, Rex is our quarterback. The rain in, in Miami. Right. Peyton Manning and the top players that they had there at the time. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of things that worked against us, including ourselves in that game. Right. So, right. So back to this season again. I, one thing too is Fields. I mean, he himself can get injured because he's taking some hits. He has, but that's kind of expected that he needs to be taking some hits because of the type of player that he wants to be. Right. And they want let him know that yeah, we'll let you do this for a little while, but if we're gonna have to rein you back, we're gonna do it because we don't want you getting hurt. Because what do we have behind you? We have Andy Dalton for a year and Nick Foles. Yeah. So it's like, we don't want you getting hurt on stupid things, but we realize that we have to let you play your game part of the time too. Otherwise, it's like we're taking away your potential of what you know you can do compared to what we know you can do and what we need you to do. Yeah, because I've been noticing he's been wincing, you know, when he gets hit, so he's taking some hits. Yeah, and some of those might just be harder hits than he took at Ohio State. Except that one he he took from Scalca at Clemson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if he'd have taken a hit from, say, Jadavian Clowney back when Clowney was at South Carolina, I don't think he'd have made the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So let's go to the game. Let's go. Let's let's talk about the game a little bit here. And we'll go to the first half. The Packers reached the Bears 36 on the game's opening possession before Khalil Mack sacked Rodgers on a third and 10, forcing a Green Bay punt in. And when he when Mac made that sack, he got up and he went right into Rogers' face. I don't know what they said, but he must have said something like, "I'm going to be here all day" or something after you, right? Yeah, something they got him hit for a taunting penalty for sure. But <laughs> like they were saying in the game yesterday, that that's one of the emphases the uh, the officials are having to pay attention to this year is a lot of that smack talk between players because otherwise, <laughs> the point where they're beating the crap out of each other, right? And you're going to be fights rather than just stopping stupid little things from happening yeah and um khalil mack you know i mean he's starting to you were starting to hear his name mentioned more during the football games 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's getting to the point now where he's realizing he's got to step it up a little bit more for the defense to be rocking the way it needs to, especially with some of the injuries that we've had happen in the last few weeks. Right. So after that sack, you know, the, the momentum is good. You know, Bears fans are happy in the stands. And the Bears followed, you know, that Khalil Mack uh, sack, followed it on offense by taking a 7 nothing lead on uh, Herbert's one-yard uh, touchdown run with 6.45 left in the first quarter, capping off an eight-play, 80-yard drive. The key play on that drive was Fields' 20-yard completion to Allen Robinson between two defenders on third and three. Uh, Marquise Goodwin then drew a 26-yard pass interference that put the ball on the one-yard line, right? So that was a big benefit getting that that P.I. against Green Bay. Yeah, those two big plays right there created a lot of momentum for the Bears that they should have carried through. And we'll see that they they tried to work on that a little bit, but I think Fields kind of tried to take a little part of the game himself after that momentum was built up. Yeah. I mean, if, it, if they would have kept running with it, who knows? It could have been 21 nothing before the first quarter was over because you give the Bears and their fans that kind of momentum, and it, it's going to shut the Packers down for a while. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, like in this drive though, you know, that 20, yeah. So they get that seven up the lead and what's the, the best thing that can happen to you when you're in a red zone is getting a PI call because sometimes it's tough when you're in the red zone to score a touchdown, but you get that PI call, you're on the one yard line. So they had all the momentum in the world. And I agree, you know, some of it was later squelched, but they had that momentum going on where they could have built on that lead. Like you said, huh? Yeah. And, that yeah. would have been the perfect time to do it. it was right off that first opening drive where you took eight plays to get 80 yards downfield and score. It's like run with that momentum and keep doing the things you need to do to keep that score going up because if the Packers realize that on defense, they got to really step things up. They're going to have certain players that'll do it, but if they're the only ones having to do it, they're going to get worn out. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been that Dean Lowry was having to carry a lot of the stuff. Maybe, maybe Adrian Amos and a couple other, the, the smaller name guys but right. other than that you know if you take out the entire defense you could destroy the Packers in the first quarter and they wouldn't know what to do unless for some reason you let up later in the game and they were able to get back in right yep all right so now on the Bears second possession it appeared that felt that Fields thought he had a free play and this is what we talked about earlier when the Packers lineman seemingly jumped offside on third and seven from the Green Bay 47, Fields lofts a deep pass intended for Robinson, but Robinson really was no, I don't think he was anywhere. And it was intercepted by safety Darnell Savage in the end zone, uh, but no flags were thrown, right? So I don't know, maybe he was throwing a Chris Olave. Well, at that point, when you knew it was a free play and there really wasn't anything where it was intended to be, he yeah. could just throw it out there. And he didn't figure that um, Darnell Savage was going to be there. Yeah. To so he just kind of heaved it out there, knowing that it was probably going to be left for dead. And that was part of the reason why Robinson was nowhere near it, is he figured the play was dead too. Yeah. So he was, he was just kind of figuring, well, I got overthrown. I'm just going to let it go. We're going to be fine. They're going to call the penalty. Well, we didn't lose it down. We gained some yards on it. But right. then when they did throw the flag and Savage intercepted it, it's like, well, what the heck now? Yeah. Because even Nagy didn't know what was going on. Right, and, and the, camera, the camera zoned right into Fields' face, and he had this look on his face, hashtag WTF. 
Pretty much, yeah. I would agree with that. But a lot of it was more the... I thought there was supposed to be a fly here because I even saw the guy jump a little bit. Yeah. But when they got the replay, he didn't jump that far that it would have been encroachment or any kind of anything where he was in the neutral zone. And even Greg Olson said something about that. It's like, I looked at it a few times. He didn't cross the neutral zone. So there, there was no reason for a flag. And right. he was right. Yeah. So uh, let's hope that gets a little bit better. The Packers tied the score 7-7 on Rodgers' one-yard touchdown pass to receiver Alan Lazard on third and goal. It was like a shovel shovel pass with 9.59 remaining in the second quarter. So the I mean, you knew the Packers were going to score. I was, yeah. you know, I mean, they held them to 24, which was great, but, you know, you knew you knew something was going to happen here with the Packers. So they tied the score 7-7, right? Yeah, I mean, the only other time that you really saw the Packers ever struggle on offense when they were down that much was week yeah. one against Orleans. And it's like, if you can ever hold Rodgers to having no touchdown passes, you have to really be doing something on defense. Yeah, for sure. And in this case, we didn't do enough that he was able to get that shovel pass in, which is one of those things that, that uh, Aaron Rodgers likes to throw if he has the opportunity, especially in the red zone that close to the goal line. Yep. Make that quick, unexpected pass, like a shovel pass, to somebody that's not expected to be scoring. He's going to do that, and in this case, it was Alan Lazard, right. Lazard, and we didn't catch on to it quick enough. It was almost like it was a thrown screen pass. Yeah, yeah, caught him off guard there. Mm-hmm. And then Green Bay extended its lead to ten to seven on Mason Crosby. Right, he had a rough week the week before. Mason Crosby's thirty-nine yard field goal with four oh nine to play in the first half. The kick was set up by by running back AJ uh, Dillon's thirty six yard run. Um, so the so it's halftime. Green Bay's up ten seven, and you got to figure, hey, you know, the Bears are playing pretty decent. They're hanging in there, right? They were doing really well, and I think a lot of it was the Packers just figured they were going to be able to run all over us. Then our defense showed up and actually stopped them in key points. And yeah, they didn't know really how to adjust to it, and so then when they went to half, they figured out some ways to adjust to it because. Well, being a veteran staff that they are now, they know what kind of adjustments they need to make or what they can say, Aaron, if you need to make this call, go for it. We know what you can do. Yeah, you got the impression watching the game, you know, that Green Bay's defense, I mean, they were on their their heels the whole first half of that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they don't exactly have a true defensive captain that can lead them like what a Clay Matthews might have been. You know, now they're relying on guys like Dean Lowry. Right, right. And more secondary. No more A.J. Like, Hawk. Exactly. They don't have a middle linebacker or somebody in that linebacker core that can say, hey, you make sure you're over on this side because they're going there. I can yeah. already see it. They don't really have that person. No, no. So in the first half, Fields completed 7 of 12 passes for 69 yards with the one interception, right? But they were running mm-hmm. the but, – but, but they were using the – you know, they were utilizing the run a lot, the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. The offense definitely looked a bit more balanced, which if you didn't know ahead of time that Bill Lazor was probably the one calling the plays, you kind of saw that when we had 12 pass plays and a lot of running plays because we were using Khalil Herbert quite a bit. Right. So the run was not ignored and it hasn't been since Lazor took over the play calling. He's trying to balance it out quite a bit so that it's not just we're going to throw it downfield a lot and hope that you don't pay attention to where the ball is going. And then maybe one or two times we go to the running back, which was what um, Matt Nagy would, would commonly do. He'd start like the first two series, maybe a balance of running the pass plays. 
then the rest of the game it's all pass plays because it's like we're trying to play catch up or something and it's like we shouldn't be catching up we should have been ahead from the start by doing a mix of both pass and, and run and we weren't doing that effectively and that's part of the reason why we're now seeing the play calling is not in Nagy's hands right well I think what we're starting to see is a little bit more north and south I'm sorry I should say east and west plays you know the middle of the field down you know middle of the field it seems like with Nagy you're playing like horizontal football yeah you're playing more to get to get out of bounds quick yeah it's, it's like get that two or three yard pass and then get out of bounds so we can stop the clock and have more time the problem being the more you stop the clock then you're not getting anywhere no and that's one of the things that Laser is saying is we need to, to balance things out and get some more running plays going so we're going more to ourselves so that we're getting the ball moving forward instead yeah. of trying to go outside so much. Right, yeah. And, and, and that changes the tendencies because the defense is expecting to see what they've been seeing on film for the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely been changing the tempo of how things have gone the last three weeks. And that's, that's shown in how we're able to score a bit more. Right. And so... Until yesterday when we had our struggles. Yeah, yep. So let's go to the second half. The Packers, you know, I mean, they are, it's, what's it at the half, right? So it's uh, 10-7 Green Bay at the half. We go to the second half. Mm-hmm. The Packers scored on their on their third straight possession, not counting the kneel down at the end of the first half as Rodgers threw a 12-yard touchdown pass to running back Aaron Jones, widening the margin to 17-7 with six minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, Rodgers dumped the ball off behind the line of scrimmage to Jones, who broke broke a, uh, who broke a Gibson's uh, tackle there, right? So now they're up 17-7, to and we're getting late in the third quarter. But, you know, this was a good drive. The Bears cut it to 17-14 to on fields, five-yard touchdown pass to Mooney, with 8.44 remaining in the fourth quarter, capping a 10-play, 80-yard drive, right? So... Couple, couple, couple good things that happened there. A couple good drives for Fields there in that game. Yeah, he had a couple of good scoring drives, and he should have had a couple more. But it just got to be where it became like they were trying to play this two-minute offense. He wasn't ready for, and then seeing things that were apparently ghosting all over in terms of of flags that should have been thrown that weren't, especially on the Packers. Because, he, like we had with that deep pass that he had that Savage intercepted, they wanted that to, to be uh, a penalty, but it wasn't there. And it just kind of threw them off a little bit. And it's one of those rookie mistakes that you see happen quite often. Yeah. But in this, like, you do what you got to do to come back from it. Show that you're you're a quarterback that can overcome this, this weird thing and get us back to the end zone, which he did in this case. But then it's like later on in the game, we want to see more of that. But it's like something broke down in his head, and he, he kind of looked like a rookie at that point. Right. And this is where the Bears, you know, now they're down 17 to 14. This is where the Bears really could have used a three and out, huh? For You know, against Green Bay there. But then we kind of saw, you know, the Rodgers magic again. Yeah, I mean, they were... There was just that point where Aaron Rodgers knew it's like I can turn on the, uh, turn it on now and be able to hit like that, yeah. that cheat code in, in Madden or Type Mobile or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, right. where he can just throw it at will and nobody's going to be there to stop him. Right. Yep. And the Packers answered immediately with a seven-play, seventy-five-yard drive that was uh, capped by Rodgers' six-yard touchdown. 
run into the end zone. He had the ball fake, ran into the end zone, uh, landed on the ground, you know, and then he kind of bent up a little bit and did the discount double check. And then he started saying, uh, <laughs> I own you to whoever wanted to listen, huh? Yep, and apparently we didn't see this one on camera, but apparently there was a woman in the stands who <laughs> was giving him the double bird. Oh, she so, was giving her own d- discount double check. Essentially. Yeah. And that's when kind of got to the point where he's like, I own you, and I still <laughs> own you. How ridiculous. So, it was, It was, but it, it worked out for good just TV in that case because it's like you know he's going right. to... Right. It's almost like he's the... Uh, He's a villain in a movie. Like, it's the Bears movie, right? It's like a Disney movie of the Chicago Bears, and he's the villain in the movie. Yeah. Like, he, he's the one that, <laughs> you know he's going to do something big, and he's just got that mean, grimacing look on his face all the time. Right. But the sad, I mean, the, the sad part here is in the in the Disney movies, the villain always loses at the end. Yeah. Well, maybe, and, you know, they play him again, so maybe they can get him. It. End up losing it, yeah. What would you say? He gets to the championship game and end up losing the game, but the first time that they meet up, he'd be like scoring three or four touchdowns, right? With e- and just be like back back talking and taunting and all that kind of stuff, and be able to get away with it. Then yeah. all of a sudden, you get to the the championship game. Somehow, the Bears magically get there, and they're playing against Aaron Rodgers, and he just has one of those games where it's like something happens and. Yeah. The Bears all of a sudden show up and they play this magical game and end up going to Disney World afterwards. Right. <laughs> well, Rogers is kind of a funny guy. I mean, he, you know, he's a different he's a different kind of guy. I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, when they get towards the end of their careers, they seem to, you know, get a little more solemn and a little bit more, um, you know, measured in their comments and their thoughts. I mean, you see guys go out like Manning and Breeze and. <laughs> You know, Ben Roethlisberger knows he's at the end and he's kind of quieted up too. But uh, but Rodgers is going the opposite way. He's kind of getting more... He's starting... You know, usually people respect the quarterbacks. Like, I didn't... You know, I don't... I wasn't a big Peyton Manning fan, but, you know, you, you respect him a little bit for what he did, right? So... But here, it seems like Rodgers is going the opposite way. It seems like he's... People are starting to hate him instead of liking him more as he's getting older. I think because of the fact that he's been with the Packers for so long compared to the head coach. Yeah. He they got that I get the veteran status over you. Yeah. And especially as a as a coach in the league even. Like yeah. he he's got more knowledge of a playbook than what Matt LaFleur does as a coach. Yeah. So like he can take the team over on the field but and be able to do yeah. some audibles whenever he wanted to, like what Peyton Manning was given the option to be able to do later in his career because the coaches knew he could do it. Right. Like he knew what his team's strengths were and what, what the other teams were going to do so that he could look out there and go, okay, we need to Omaha this, or we need to do whatever we need to, to change things up. So that they're not ready for what we're bringing. And yeah. I think in Aaron's case, he knows he can do that. And he's basically expected to follow whatever the coach and the organization say to do. But he's like, you know what? I am the organization. You guys don't have anything without me here. So I'm kind of becoming that cocky quarterback who thinks he's the whole team. Yeah. And is showing it on the field. And which is part of the reason why he was able to get get away with what he did in the offseason with not showing up to training camp or answering the questions that 
the media wanted him to answer about contracts or where he was playing or what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to this guy. Um, you know, so the Bears, you know, get the ball back and, and, you know, they're down now. They reach the Packers' 32-yard line, but Fields gets sacked on back-to-back plays for losses of 11 and 12, and that was a tough way to go out there, huh? It was, but at that time, too, it was like either something in his head didn't fully connect in terms of how to overcome this 10-point deficit and keep things going so you looked respectable. And fans were able to say he could get them to the point where they could have won this game because we only lost by three points instead of 10. Yeah. You know, or gotten it to where we got down the field quick enough that we scored, tried for the onside, got it, and were able to get either back down the field for another six or seven points or get the, the field goal to tie the game potentially go to overtime and show that this kid could really do something when the adversity is hot. Instead, he kind of tailed back and said, I'm the rookie here. I'm going to give the, the top quarterback the respect hmm. and just be able to say, okay, go ahead and take your win. I'll play the rookie game here and just throw it away. Right, right. Yep. Well, and then on 4th and 26 from the Green Bay 48, Fields throws a desperation pass. Into the end zone, the falls incomplete. There's 2:14 remaining, and then the Packers uh, just ran out the ran out the clock, increasing uh, their winning streak to five straight this season, a five in a row versus the Bears. So they lose the first game to New Orleans, and they haven't lost since, huh? They haven't really had any teams that have, they've struggled against trying to win in those last five games. Right, so. right. Except that crazy it's, game they had against uh, what was that last week against Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Yeah, that yeah. was just weird altogether but when you're playing pretty much off the lake in Cincinnati where you got that compared to what Lake Michigan is you know and you can get some strange wins in Ohio that you don't get in Illinois so it could have been playing havoc with the kicking game because both kickers in that game against Cincinnati were struggling whereas this game you didn't have that it was like a perfect day for September that you have in October this time around. Right. That's right. So let's talk about fields a little bit more before we look at the stats. Um, fields, you know, and the offense sputtered to some extent, right? I mean, look at the numbers. I mean, not the running game. The running game was fine. The passing numbers weren't great. And again, I think fields, you know, is still holding on to the ball, right? A little longer than he should. Do you think he's getting better with that? I think he's, staying steady with that part because of the playbook that he's working with mm-hmm. it's it's opened up a little more but it's still kind of conservative as to what he's able to do so that he gets that experience of this is what the nfl is about yeah you know like a lot of teams they would open up the playbook and say we're gonna run this huge amount of plays and you're just gonna have to learn them and, and hope it it doesn't fail in the bears case i think they're they're playing enough stuff to be able to give him opportunities to show what he can do and what the offense can do, but not be overwhelmed by it. Like they're doing too much of either the same thing over and over or way too many different things that just haven't been practiced enough because they're like, let's try to pull this one out and see what can happen with it. You know, they're trying to, they're saying we're going to run with these 20, 30, 40 plays and we're going to, we're going to throw things around and see what we can do. You know, to show what our offense can do in certain situations. Yeah. So it, it's being real conservative still, which is kind of a lasered way of doing things. 
so that you're focusing the playbook a little more. Right. Outside of the two drives for the touchdowns that Fields had, he was eight for 19 for 64 yards and one interception. And um, and, it, and I'm not just talking about Fields here. I'm talking about anybody. You know, when you're playing against an elite quarterback, uh, you got to play four quarters if you're the if you're the other quarterback, right? I mean, you just you can't win a game with just a couple of drives when you're going up against a top five quarterback. Yeah, and even when that top five quarterback's not playing his top drives every possession, I mean, there were, there were times that Green Bay struggled and they ended up having to punt. So he wasn't having a perfect game either, and especially against a team that was running a, a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back and a defense that you just never knew what was going to happen. It's like you have a, an opportunity to run up on these guys and win by 20, 30, 40. Right. Not and struggle to get 24 points. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. So let's go with. Bears was on his game yesterday, so to speak. Right. He was just doing enough to beat the Bears. All right, so let's go inside the numbers a little bit here. Justin Fields, 16 for 27, 174 yards, a touchdown, an interception, four sacks. He, he was sacked four times in that game. Um, so that's his numbers there, right? So uh, that's kind of like kind of the line we're used to seeing it right now, right? Yeah, it's, it's the kind of line that you expect out of a rookie quarterback when he's learning, but not the type where he's expected to be the future starting yeah. day one with right. no confidence how to really do things because they're constantly running the same stuff. We've seen the playbook open up in different ways in the three weeks since Bill Lazor took over play calling. So it's given Fields opportunities to be able to have 100-yard games. Because of the first two or three games, if he got 50 yards by the third quarter, it was like, where'd those come from? How did he do it? Now we're seeing him being able to have more of an opportunity to open things up and do a little more. And yeah, he's not getting... 400 yard games but he's getting to the point where he shows some capability to be a starting quarterback in this league it's just a matter of we're only giving him so much of the playbook to work with right well after this game was over you know i watched the follow the game after that and that was the cowboys and the um the new england patriots and uh mac jones hung in there pretty good in that game against dallas and I thought yeah. he hung in there pretty good against Tom Brady, too, a week before, you know, in their game, the week before. Mm-hmm. So he seems to be someone who's pretty comfortable, in, you know, as a, as a rookie, a starting quarterback. Now, I know they haven't been winning New England, but I really, you know, I think he's been playing pretty good football. And a lot of that, too, is Belichick's been letting him get comfortable with the weapons that he's got. Yeah. Letting him find out what things are going to work instead of just being like, we've got to be able to do things in this division because... They came from being, what, last place last year? After so many years being the top dog, they were down on the bottom. So it's like this year we're proving that we can get back up there. It's not a case where we have to do it this year with this rookie quarterback. We have, we're in what would most teams be a rebuilding process or a reloading process. So it's an opportunity for fans. To, New England's going to oh, we're going to get back up there. Yeah. It's not going to be like you see with baseball with some of the teams that have been in the basement for decades where they just stay there and collect money from other teams. In this case, some of the top teams that are floundering in the basement right now, it's because they're in their reload. They're working to get back up to the top. Right, right. Back to uh, the – let's look at the rushing rushing game. 
Herbert, 19 carries, 97 yards, 5.1 yards a carry, which is a great number uh, to have as a running back, huh? Especially a rookie running back who is not expected to even be anything more than <laughs> yeah. a kick returner. Right. Right. And, no. then, and then on the receiving side, Allen Robinson, four catches, 53 yards. Um, Komet caught four. That's a, that's a team record for him with Fields, four, right? Yeah, I mean, he's beginning a few more targets, but I think that's because they've opened up the playbook more to use the tight ends instead of right. just being blocking backs and hope to maybe get one or two targets. They've been saying we need to use these guys because of the fact that they're opening up spots. Yep. But with Mooney and Robinson being being tagged on quite a bit, does it be expected receivers? Right, and... Uh... Darnell Mooney, five catches, 45 yards, and he had that touchdown reception uh, as well. And um, and even Herbert caught a couple passes, right? Yeah, and they, they were more shorter passes. They were yeah. supposed to be more style passes. Right. So let's take a look at some of the defensive numbers. And again, like always, we you know every week we're talking about uh, Roquan Smith, 12 total tackles, six solos, and uh, he's all over the field on defense, right? Yeah, he's, he's the one that most teams should be focusing on trying to stay away from at all times. But for some reason, they keep going to his side because it's like they look over at Quinn and Mack and it's like, oh, crap, we're going to have to go the other way. Smith's there. Yeah. Crap, we're stuck. Right. So we're just going to get by whoever hits us first. Yep. Eddie Jackson, eight tackles, uh, six solo. Um, and then Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack, you know, they had nice games. Quinn. Uh, he had four tackles, three solos. He had a sack and a, mm-hmm. and a quarterback hit, right? And then, and kind of the same thing for uh, Khalil Mack. They both kind of both were in there. They were they were getting to Rogers a little bit. Yeah, they they were definitely a, a, a two weapon attack on on Rogers all game long, and it really showed in some of the things that he wasn't able to do in the middle possessions where they were punting a lot or not really getting very far downfield. Yeah, yeah. And Akeem Hicks had a sack. I got to mention that too. I mean, he had a sack. He, he had, you know, it seems like he's, I don't know, you don't hear too much about him during the game, but um, he did have a sack in there. Well, a lot of the last couple of weeks, he's been dealing with a groin injury, and last yeah, week he was yeah. all together. So yeah. for him to, get, to have a little bit of action yesterday when they weren't sure if he was going to even be able to play was a, a good note for them, but not something that it was like he really made a difference in how he played. Yep. Um, and then the one that the uh, that Aaron Rodgers really keyed on a lot, especially if he could throw it to Devontae Adams, was Jalen Johnson to show that here's this rookie. We need to take advantage of the fact that he's new. We can right. throw our top receivers on him and be able to beat him around the corner and be able to uh, get a few more yards. Right. Yep. So they really took a, took advantage of Johnson being the young guy in that crew. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Chicago kick returns. Uh, Grant Senior's doing okay, right? I mean, three eighty-three uh, kickoff returns for an average of twenty-seven point seven yards per uh, kickoff return. That's a good. That's a good number. Especially considering at one point it looked like he may not even be back in the game after he took that hit right. early on. They thought right. he was injured, but he was able to come back from it. And yeah, he's been a, a great kick return specialist in the fact that we needed somebody after we had to promote Herbert to our number three running back who we were going to have to use quite more than just kick return specialist and that's it. Yeah. So, and we're seeing that 
possibly being a, a situation with Artavius Pierce, who also had one of the other returns. Yes. It's possible that he's going to be the kick return specialist if Grant's going to have to be the two or three running back yeah. in some of Yep. No, no Santos this week, huh? Um, other than no. the two field, or the two extra points, he didn't have to do any major kicking. No, no field goals for him, and he's been kicking pretty good. Pat O'Donnell, the punter, he had uh, three kicks inside the 20, which is always good. Yeah, he's always been consistent about that. If, if you give him the distance to be able to do that, he's going to keep it between the 1 and the 20. Right, right. And that kind of helped the Bears, too, stay in, a couple, you know, stay in the game a little bit, the punting. Yeah. With field I mean, possession. When you have a consistent punter like we've had in Patrick O'Donnell for years now, you just kind of know that if he's going he's gonna to be close enough to keep it between the 1 and the 20, as long as you can get to where the ball is going to be in that possession, you're going to keep whatever team you're uh, playing against in right. that area the one to 20 yard line yep and we look at the team stats and i you know as i looked at the team stats they were pretty even pretty much across the board i mean there was a couple things that we can point out but overall you know pretty close Uh, green bay 22 first down chicago 21 um third down efficiency neither team was clicking on third down the green bay with rogers was two for eight on third down which is good news for the bears defense but on the other side the bears were four for 11 on third down efficiencies, which isn't good. Not normally, but in a situation like what we were seeing, there were a yeah. lot of times you're trying to do short things that should have been either long or maybe just more runs. Yeah. And we didn't do because we thought, let's pass on third down, see where we can get. And it would either be a drop pass or we'd be stopped. Yep. Total plays were exactly the same. 57. That's, that's something that, you probably couldn't do that again if you tried. You know, the total yards were close. The one thing that sticks out a little bit is yards per pass. You had Green Bay 6.5, and, and you had the Bears 4.4 on the pass pass per uh, yards per pass, which, um, you know, we've seen the Bears all season with a low number there. Yeah, and part of that's just because of the way the playbook's been set up to have Justin Fields and not be trying to throw downfield so much. Yeah. We saw that yesterday, especially with the two deep passes, that he's not quite there where he's got the receivers that are meant for the deep pass, like what he had in one or two receivers at Ohio State. The Bears don't really have that because Allen Robinson, while he might be our deep receiver, he's getting old. Yeah. Some of it's not what it used to be anymore. No. And El Mooney is not going to really be our deep threat guy. We don't have a deep threat guy like what Johnny Knox used to be where it's like one or two deep passes to him, and that's a career day. He might get a touchdown or two, you know, almost like a Tom Waddle when Tom Waddle was coming up. Yeah. You know, he he would be that big play passer catcher, only do that two or three times a game if needed. Yeah. And now we don't really have somebody like that no. that can get quick enough. So hopefully either in the draft or in free agency, we look for somebody like that. you got to get a Cole it's, Beasley okay. type. Potentially that, like an Amendola or a Beasley yeah. type, yeah. Yep. That looks more like he should be a halfback, but is a little bit smaller and able to catch, yeah. but also do a lot of blocking. Right. Yep. I agree with that. Penalties. Bears had seven penalties to Green Bay's three, which isn't good. And the time of the possession, 32 uh, minutes for uh, the Packers and 27-43 for the Bears. So, But more or less, the stats were pretty even there, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was really even. We were both taking advantage of the, the time on the clock that we had. 
nobody was rushing anything that they had to. You know, we didn't get to the point where when we were only down 10-7 where we were forcing anything. And when the Packers got up 14 or 17-7, we didn't force anything there either. We just kind of ran things and hoped for the best and said whatever we come out of here with, we come out with. There's not anything that says that we're going to win this game specifically other than we just go out there and play our football. Right. Yep. All right, so let's talk about next week. Okay, so next week, or this actually this week, but um, next on tap for the Bears is the world champion, Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Yep, Tom Brady, Gronk if he's healthy, and Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans. Yep. All these weapons that they have, plus the players on defense, that they can stop a dime before it's even flipped. Leonard so. Fournette. Fernanda on the running game, yep. and yep. and then the weapons that they have there, and they're gonna have they're, so, they're gonna they're gonna have a little extra motivation maybe from the coach, Arians, who um, you know showed some or talked about you know he was displeasured with the fact that he didn't get the Bears head coaching job and they and they went and chose uh, Mark Tressman. Yeah. Of course, that was around the time that he was still fairly new and expecting things to be handed to him, and he didn't get anything until he got to Arizona, and they gave him a job there. Yeah. Yeah, they gave him a job. He did okay over there, I thought. Yeah. I had, yeah. I had no complaints with what he did in Arizona. He actually right. kind of helped build what Cliff Kingsbury has taken on Yeah. and the run with. Right. With having Kyler Murray as his quarterback and a bunch of guys that come in off free agency instead of fresh off the draft list. Right. So what does the Chad Link and Crystal Ball tell you about uh, this Tampa Bay game? I hate to say it, but I hope the, the Bears come out with something, but I don't think we're going to be able to keep up with what they, they have for weapons. I mean, with Brady being able to pass to anybody that's open, anybody that's open being able to have some speed, even if they're aged a little bit, Yeah. and all the things that they can do, I mean, the Bears might be lucky if they get to the end zone at all. It might be a battle of how many field goals can they get and what are they going to be able to do. But I don't foresee this being a, a great game for the Bears. It might be the game where everybody's like, is Justin Fields really ready or have we just been getting teased a lot? But it's like, we're playing we're playing a rookie quarterback against a team with a lot of veterans. Right. And a quarterback that's been there since basically the beginning of time, we could say. Yeah. The game from when it was more of a running game to when it became the passing game it is today. Yeah, and you know he's playing one against one of the you know best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, and that's tough. But uh, maybe you go into this game where you know you just say, hey, you know we got nothing to lose. Let's just go out there and you know and, and play loose, and maybe things will turn out a little bit better than what people you know, would think maybe, maybe it could be a competitive game. You never know. I mean, sometimes Brady just pulls these things out in the fourth quarter. If you remember, he lost to Tampa Bay uh, when Nick Foles was the quarterback, uh, was the quarterback last year. Yeah, there was that situation for sure. But a lot of that's also, you had a veteran quarterback. No real expectations because you didn't know what was going on with the season. So it was just go out there, play the games. Right can't remember but i'm thinking maybe that was tampa bay's last loss that could have been you know i think that might have been and 
Like without looking it up, I can't confirm it. But I, I something tells me that might have been their last loss. But anyway, yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. I mean, because they can beat you so many ways. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they hide Brady a little bit in the first half and try to pound the ball a little bit to uh, Fournette. I could see them doing that just to toy, maybe just to toy with the Bears a little bit and maybe wear them down a little bit and then all of a sudden go over the top to Gronkowski in the red zone and get a couple touchdowns like they like they like to do. And on defense, you know, something tells me they're going to go after, they're going to try to play as aggressive as maybe the Cleveland Browns did against Fields, right, going after him quite a bit and not letting him do too much there and trying to contain him in the pocket and, Maybe, you know, they're going to be looking for the turnover bug too, Tampa as well. So uh, it's about as tough as a tough as a game. You know, if you ask the Bears, you know, who don't you want to play right now? You've you got to think, you know, Tampa Bay, Arizona. Well, they got to play Arizona too later on. So, I mean, the schedule's tough. They get a little bit of a break now with, uh, with uh, um, Russell Wilson out in, in Seattle. So maybe they miss him, you know, miss him. But... A lot of good quarterbacks. They still got to go up against Lamar Jackson yet this year and Ben Roethlisberger. So he's got a t- he has a very tall task ahead of him, Justin Fields. But this one here, this is the the marquee one, and um, you know maybe it won't be as bad as most people think, right? Who knows? It's quite possible. I mean, the way that things are going to play out with that game, I don't expect the Bears to be in it very well, unless they do a lot more experimenting and just saying. We're going to throw open a bit more of the playbook, show what Justin Fields can do, even if we have to take a huge loss. Or they might say, you know what, we'll play him for a little bit, see where his confidence is. If he's feeling okay, great. If not, throw it off to Andy Dalton or Nick Foles and say, here we go, guys. We're just going to play what we do because our quarterback's just not feeling quite up to it, but we don't want to kill his confidence by put, by leaving him out there. Yeah, yeah. But the defense that good. It could be like the, the Cleveland game where they're not in it and uh, it really kills his confidence, but they don't want to do that. And let's hope that they decide because of the fact that they don't want his confidence beaten to heck that they're just going to pull him out early and, and run with that. Right. So, yep. Looking at the schedule from last year with Tampa, they had some more losses after the Bears lost. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Like their last loss before the playoffs was actually to Kansas City. Oh, wow. 12. Wow. It was a three-point loss at Raymond James. Wow. Yeah, I forgot so, about that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was quite the interesting one because here they play him like two, three months, two months later in the Super Bowl at the same stadium. Wow. Yeah, that's so, right. That's right. It's coming back to me now. Yep. Wow. So, um, all right, Chad. Well, there's another episode, huh? Yeah, we had a lot to talk about there even though it didn't seem like there was much because the game wasn't the type that it was the shootout that we would normally expect from Aaron or a game where he was blowing us out and we just had nothing and we were showing things there and the Packers weren't playing their full board game like they normally do so it's like what was there really going to be to talk about and we we basically focused a lot on Justin Fields and what his future is going to be for the rest of this season or the upcoming weeks. Yep. yep. So there is we'll, stuff there that we can develop. Right. We'll be continuing talking about that. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking probably a little bit more about Nagy as the season goes too, because there's a lot of heat on him. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think a lot of the heat isn't 
isn't uh, called for right now either. I mean, you know, you got a rookie quarterback going up against Rodgers and this week against Brady. I mean, you know, even if you had a, a very good quarterback, it's hard to win those games, you know? I mean, so I think a lot of people are really giving it to Nagy, but, you know, sometimes Nagy puts it on himself too. I mean, some of the things he says at the press conference, you know, it's going to take us three to four years to uh, understand my system. And it's just, you know, people are not going to wait that long anymore in the NFL, you know? I mean, you don't have to win your, you know, the first, I mean, he's, but at the same time, he's been successful. He's brought the team to the playoffs, you know, and, and um, so he's had some success, even though he hasn't had, you know, the quarterback play that most people want. So I don't know. I mean, he's getting a lot of heat and I got, I got to really think he's going to end up getting fired by the end of the season. I'm going to say on that one, it probably all depends on what happens with the games coming up yeah. and how the players work with. If he goes back to taking over the play calling, yeah, he probably will get fired. But if he lets Laser run with it the rest of the season and they keep this conservative play calling going because of the fact that it's a rookie, it's going to be the case like what a lot of people were saying in the offseason when they drafted Fields. It basically bought he and Ryan Pace another year. Right, right. So it may be that not this year, but next year is the year when he's really on the hot seat. Yeah. Even though you, everybody in the Chicago media wanted him off that off the seat altogether by now. Yep. They need to realize that we're not the ones writing the paychecks. We're the ones commenting on the paychecks. Yeah. And basically realize until we're the ones actually putting our name on the paycheck, our opinion means about as much as the newspaper that we work for. Right. <laughs> Which is make two cents anymore. Right. Yep. yep. You're lucky if it's even that based on some of the papers that some of these guys work at. Yeah. Crazy. All right, Chad. Well, uh, again, thanks a lot. And we'll be back next week talking about uh, the Tampa Bay game. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Have a good one. You too. We'll talk next week. Thank you for listening. To this episode of the Fan Man Podcast, you can catch the Fan Man Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other platforms. Check out our Twitter page at the underscore fan underscore man underscore and tell me what you think.